Morning, team. Nice to be company. Trust you well. Thursday. I got so confused yesterday because I thought I got a message from Paul Savory on my mobile phone. Good morning. <coughs> Good morning. And and I thought, oh, that's nice. It's a message from Paul Savory because I was a bit tied up at the time in the doctors. Lucky old you. More on that later. <laughs> and um, and so it's a message from him, and then it went to voicemail. So I thought that's, I'll listen to that later because I thought the only time that Paul ever phones is if he's saying, "Listen, can't make it tomorrow morning. Got some things on. See you week Thursday." So I then log on to the machine to try and listen to the message, and all I get is... <laughs> and I'm thinking, perhaps it's my hearing, perhaps it's finally gone at long last. And I thought, no, definitely, because I listened to another message from Uncle Rob, and that seemed fine. And I, so I, I play Paul's again. <laughs> and I thought, that's a very odd message. Oh, so this morning, when he walks in, A, I was surprised, and B, I said to him, you phoned me yesterday. So he said, no, I didn't. And I said, so I checked on the phone, because I deleted the message, which went... <laughs> and so I, just, I said, there's this message. And, and he said, oh, I was in the cinema. So what I was listening to was his trouser. So what he'd done inadvertently on speed dial, which we've all done, I'll sometimes do it, I'll, I'll, I'll look at my phone, I think, I'm calling Anthony Davis, he's only just gone to bed. <laughs> so I quickly have to stop it, so he'll get all these missed calls from me. And that's what I got from, uh, from Paul. And so what I was listening to was, was the part of the cinema programme. Me and Orson Welles. You and Orson Welles. What were you watching? No, not me and Orson Welles. Oh, right. the name of the film. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so that was that. So at least it sort of relieved, relieved my, uh, my worry. In fact, you might not have been here. I downloaded yesterday 82 Christmas songs to my iPod. Oh, which one was that? Was that Christmas Hits, perhaps? I have downloaded Christmas Hits. I've also downloaded... Oh, crikey, what else have I downloaded? Carols from Kings. Oh. I've got Classical Christmas. I mean, I've, I bought four yesterday and downloaded them all, and I put them onto my thing this morning. And then I ordered some, some Christmas films, which are probably old. I did order Andrea Bocelli's My, my Christmas, because right. I quite fancy it, because he does... Uh, Santa Claus is coming to town. <laughs> oh, I saw yeah. him in Hyde Park a few years back. Yeah. He was fantastic. You know who I saw? I'm walking past the Wimpy in Twickenham yesterday. I'd, mm. been, I'd been to the chemist to get, uh, to get my prescription from goods. And I walked past this bloke and I thought, I've seen you before. Who are you? So, being naturally inquisitive, I turn round and I walk back again just to have a... Who do you think it was? You never guess. Never guess. Heston Blumenthal. Standing outside the Twickenham Wimpy. Maybe he'd been in for a couple of tips. Well, that's what I thought. Because <laughs> as I walked past the second time, I heard him say something about kebabs. And I thought, it's Heston Blumenthal. <clears throat> he does, you know, snail ice cream and stuff like that mm. from the fat duck at Bray. Why can't I hear you? Hello. Oh, that's better. God, coming on the other <laughs> side now. It's like voices from, from, from the wilderness. So, Heston Blumenthal, there he was in Twickenham. So, Heston, nice to see you. Next time, just say, hi, Steve, that'll do. OK, you know, don't push yourself. So, I bought Andrea Bocelli's Christmas, because he does uh, everything on here. And I, I, I like Andrea Bocelli. I like him a lot, yes, actually. Great. Uh, and the two Christmas films, The Christmas Story. This is the magical story of the boy who grew up to become Father Christmas, uh, which I'm looking forward to. It's got John Turturro in it, and somebody called Noah Emmerich. Mm. None the wiser. And the Muppet Christmas Carol. Oh, Yay! fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen it. Have you ever seen a, a, an animated film called Santa Baby? Santa Baby coming down mm. the chimney. No. Voices of Bette Midler. Oh, it? Very good. Oh, right. Very that good. good one? Lots of fun, yes. Right, I'll get that one as Not well. Not sure if it's available in this right. country. And some cards. We've got Christmas cards as well today. Yes, we have. It's nice. Uh, as I say, a few people suffering after the, uh, the global party last night.
<laughs> I won't mention any names. But, uh, it, apparently a good time was had by all. You wait till the LBC Christmas party. There's going to be so much gossip from it. So much gossip. Oh, yeah, I'm not logged in, have I? So excited this morning <laughs> in the fact that uh, I was in the studio early. I don't know why, but recently I feel I should get into the studio a bit earlier, just to sort of, you know, settle myself down. It's like going into strange, the theatre. It is strange, isn't it? it mm. It's a bit like, somebody said to me, uh, walking a, a theatre. You know when we first did um, Fairfield Halls? Yes. And we walked out to the stage, and I'd never been to Fairfield Halls before, and I looked at it and I went... Bloody hell. <laughs> it was vast. Absolutely Had huge. Had you not been there before? No, never. No, I'd been to the theatre, the uh, the other side, but I hadn't realised until I stood on the stage just how blooming big it was. Mm. Vast, vast place. Huge, huge, huge and vast. Anyway, stories from the papers. Uh, believe it or not, Tiger Woods' wife has uh, said she's going to stick with him. Well, of course. He's worth a fortune. Well, well, then, that all more reason... <laughs> she says she's staying with him, according to the papers, for the sake of the children. What, I'm thinking, the... which, which children? <laughs> <laughs> there is that. But, but also, he's got 600 million. He's on his way to becoming the first dollar billionaire, I think, uh, through sport. So, my advice to, uh, to Mrs Woods is, take him. Take him. Because otherwise, it sends, it sends a stupid message out that men can cheat and get away with it and they just laugh in your face. Mm. And, uh, you know, not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, not six, seven. Seven women. I mean, you must be the biggest sucker under the sun. Well, you know, the, he's got a lot of time in his hands, hasn't <laughs> well, he? he? Well, he obviously it, appears to have. How long does it take to knock off a round of golf? Stop it. We're not going down that route. I've been told off for doing what? jokes like that, because the papers that have said... That wasn't a joke. Not, oh, wasn't it? <laughs> no. <laughs> the, 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 the papers have said that they're, they're now not going to do Tiger Woods jokes so anymore. So you practice a little bit. Yes. All right, stop then, it. The, no. <laughs> but there will be a... You know, he'll have a lot of time in his hands. Yes. Well, they, they've cancelled most of his advertising contracts. Boredom is the worst thing, you know. And yet... I turned on the television the other day, and there's uh, David Kidd Jensen, and David is doing a thing, and they've got Tiger Woods at some sport roundup programme, and there's Tiger Woods happily on the front, smiling away. I thought, you cheater. It was probably recorded. <laughs> it probably was, actually, some time ago. Anyway, don't just let me open a card, first of all, see who this one is from this morning. Oh, it's covered in glitter again. Here we go. So I go home on the train, people think I'm odd. Uh, this is uh, John in Lees, who says, thank you for 12 months of pleasure. OK, well, we'll come back to you later, John. OK, thank you very much indeed. There's no answer to this. <laughs> I deny it. <laughs> I'll take a DNA if necessary. You're in denial. <laughs> Paul. Steve. <laughs> did that purposely, didn't you? I did, absolutely. I did it just, just to do it, just on purpose. Right, there's a story here about a remote Indian village and it's become the country's bizarre limo capital after crafty car hire bosses took advantage of local business laws. Uh, it's in the country's northern Punjab state, as hundreds of stretched limos registered there because taxi owners don't have to pay car tax. No. Now you're more likely to be able to hail a stretch Mercedes on the dusty streets than catch a bus to an isolated town where most people still get about on bikes or donkeys. There are about 400 limos in this town now, and uh, the town could take another hundred or so before the roads get totally jammed. Good God. Isn't that amazing? That, that reminds amazing. me of a thing years ago. Terry Wogan started buying up forestry. And all of a sudden, he was advising loads of other celebrities to buy up forestry in mm. Scotland. The reason being, it became tax-exempt. And there was a fantastic loophole that meant that you could buy up acres and acres of forest and offset it against tax. 
Mm. I myself have a small fir tree. That's another story. It's another story. <laughs> and that's amazing. All these things that you can that you can do, which is lovely. Thank you very much indeed. Good lord, honestly, we've got enough stuff here. Who's this from? This is from um, uh, Annie and the girls. And look, there are lots of old brochures and cards for service washing machines. Oh, lovely! But look, a Trixet three-speed gramophone. A trick set. A trick set. I've got a Dan tr- set. I've still got one. Where did you get this stuff from, Annie? Look at this one. Valuable coupon. Save threepence. <laughs> is this is this all original stuff? Really unbelievable, isn't it? Great stuff here. She's got all sorts of things, including a broadcast receiving license reminder. Have you ever seen <laughs> this stuff? Good lord, this is absolutely wonderful. And Black and Green's Golden Tips Tea catalogue of free gifts, 1954. What a lovely lot of stuff. What are the gifts? Uh, The gifts are, um, well, depending on what you save up, depending on how many labels. So what you used to do with your tea, you would buy the tea and it would come with a label on it and you would peel the label off. And like Green Shield stamps, for example, if you've got 33, you could have a Dutch hoe. Got 36. You could have a set of braces. <laughs> if you got 43, you could have six apostle teaspoons. <laughs> what if you don't want a Dutch one? <laughs> don't know. And if you've got 16, you could have a toothbrush with a, with a cuddled handle. Is James there? Has he, has, has he got... Uh, listen, I don't want any excuses from Wales this morning. The wreath has not arrived. Where is it? No, listen, I've had a terrible, terrible time. Oh, for God's sake, this is ludicrous. I brought the thing in. Yeah. But the boss mistakenly thought I brought it for him. What? He's taken it. Are you telling me that adorning that that JR's flat is my wreath? I don't know how to get it back unless we make a little saucy late one night. And Nicky. Uh, listen, I'm with you on that one. I know how we can get in. I know how to bribe the man on the front desk. OK, well, listen. It's going to be dangerous, but I think it's probably worth it, if only for the cinnamon stick. Exactly. Well, at the moment, I'm trying to dry my orange slices. And I'm not having much luck. And I was hoping that you, being the expert in wreath-making, would know how to dry them quickly. I'm only articulating like this because I'm in the car and I thought it might be a little noisy. It sounds a little bit like you're in a wind tunnel. (laughs) (laughs) Well, failing that... We are doing two-way family favourites. <laughs> I have got the top down. It's a lovely early morning. Yes, but the trouble is, you don't have a convertible, do you? <laughs> no, but I took the wrong turning, and the bridge was too low. Go away. Bye-bye. Lose him. Lose him. Bye-bye. I don't, he's in know, a sidecar, isn't he's he? In, he's in the sidecar. It is Wallace and Gromit's. It is Wallace and Gromit out there. By the way, if you're saving your black and uh, black and green's golden tea tips for 14 labels, you get a tea strainer. A good friend of mine recently wanted to get an electric. D97.3. Morning, everybody. So while uh, the whale sits in the wind tunnel under the guise of your wreath has ended up on the boss's front door, like I'm believing it. I don't. These people must think I. 
Yeah, and the boss wasn't here either. I knew he wasn't here, because normally you get an email at least once a day. And uh, he wasn't here, because I think he must have gone to the party last night. Did he? Oh, he wasn't here at all? Oh, right, he didn't go to the global party. Ah, uh, right. I know Richard Hake here went... Oh, oh, honestly, there's me giving it away again. Go oh, honestly. Can't shut this boy up, can we, this morning? <laughs> anyway, Paul is with us in the studio. Good uh, morning. Morning. Nice to see you. Thank you. Uh, Daily Thank Mirror. You. Posh goes out with, um, Kate. Katie, the model. Um, Katie, whatever her name is, Kate Moss. And for some reason, poor old Vic Beckham, no matter what she does, she couldn't look attractive if she tried. She's she's not, you know, she doesn't have, look, a model look, or she doesn't have a model pout, or a pose. She just is an over-made-up person wearing a very expensive frock. But unfortunately, she's not, she's not pretty enough, is she? No. No. And Kate, Kate Moss, who we know what she can look like. Unfortunately, poor old Vic Beckham... It, it just, it's not happening for a poor soul. It, 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 I, I feel a bit sorry for it. Anyway, in, incidentally, anybody who went to the taping yesterday of Cheryl Cole's ITV show will know how long you had to sit there while it took them, I think, more than half an hour to do one song. Because it was stop, start, stop, start, stop, start. It was a bit like Susan Boyle when she did hers. Stop, start, stop, start. And then she goes on to do a show in Norway, I think, where she starts flailing her hands around and doing her dance again. Which, no, <laughs> Cheryl Cole would do a dance again. But, um, strangely enough, the Jackson Five are getting back together. Well, sorry, the Jackson Four. <laughs> and uh, and they're, they're going on a world tour as, as the Jackson Four. Uh, Jermaine, Tito, Jackie and Marlon hope to recreate the sound that made them stars. I'm here to tell you there is not a cat in hell's chance of them recreating no, that sound. Because the, the voice was Michael. The, the voice was Michael. It's exact. And no matter who actually sings, they, they could stand there and do what for the rest of their days. They were just the backing band. And Michael was the sound of the Jackson 5. They'll never recreate that, unless you're going to bring him back from the dead, which I think is highly unlikely. Uh, Jermaine says, we just want to go out there, hit the road and jam. It's going to look like a bunch of geriatrics out there recreating something that you really weren't part of because it was all Michael, 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 Michael. Simple as that. As Paul will, will testify. I, I testify. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. All right. I testify as well. So here, here is Cheryl Cole. I do solemnly swear. I do swear. Three hours to film the first half of this show for Cheryl Cole. Three hours. Oh, it's you know, 20 minutes. It's, it's a 20-minute show, but uh, she's on there. And they're sort of saying, you know, this is sort of Cheryl Cole. Unfortunately, it's just too long and tedious. Mm. Was I it went, her or was it technical problems? It was her. Mm. Yes. I mean, what, they, what they do with these things is, as you know, it is possible in a recording studio to record a song. I think Vienna by Ultravox was recorded almost word by word. And they just put it all yeah, together in the in, studio yeah. and dropped it all in. Mm. And I think the same for Cheryl Cole. They're going, OK, that doesn't look right. They've got to make it look as perfect as possible. So you know she can't deliver. So what they'll do is they'll just slot it together. It'll make her look terribly professional. Unfortunately, she'll open her mouth and she'll sound like a bloke. Well, that's the only, that's the only problem with it, I'm afraid, which is a bit of a shame. She's and very that, pretty, though. Well, she's taken her hair extensions out now. She just looks like any old average person brought up with that much money. Oh, sorry, they didn't have any money, did they? Yeah. She's got a very rich boyfriend. <laughs> and that's always the thing to do. If, if you're not, you know, if you haven't got much going for you, marry somebody who's got loads of money. That's exactly what I said to my goddaughter. I said, listen, before you go out with any boys, you want to see the family house. Have they got more than four bedrooms? Is there a pool? Is there a dog? What is the family business? Check the bank account details. And only then... Will you find out? It doesn't matter whether he's ugly. It doesn't, as long as they've got money, don't marry poor. 
Because there's nothing worse, is there? No. That's always been my advice to people. Have you read the, um, budget? Or did you not want to talk about uh, that? I was only worried the in case they were going to put VAT thing. up. Well, they are. Oh, they are? Well, they are. They well, they're putting it back to 17.5% mm. in January. That's which come was, January. But there was, was a rumour that they were going to do fairness, 20. In fairness, that was planned anyway. Yeah. Um, but the thing that I've picked up is broadband tax. Broadband tax? Yes, they're adding tax to your phone bill to yes, pay for a broadband okay. um, network, Yeah, it says here. Oh. Um, it's only 50p a month, but still, well, it's that's still another tax. 50p a month is tax. £6 pounds a year, thank you. Another tax. Well, it's not the, uh, the VAT you need to worry about. Sorry, the, uh, the broadband tax you need to worry about. It's your national insurance. Right. What does that go up to? Um, well, that's going up uh, an extra half percent. Right. Uh, if you earn under £15,000, you're better off by Oh, that's me. Quid. That's OK. Fine. <laughs> Happy with that. No, you'll be paying about £1,000 a year more. Will I? Yes. Hmm. I've, I've got a little scale oh, I don't there. want to look at it. Don't, don't depress no, no, no. me. Not on a Thursday. Well. God dear. All people, do you know how many years ago, all you worried about in the budget was, have, has booze gone up, fags have fags booze. gone up, and that was that? Well, the fags are going up. But, uh, but uh, to me, not enough. How much are they going up? Uh, they're going up by about 18p. No, rubbish. Won't stop people smoking. No, then he's got by a couple of pounds. Yes. I would think... That. I would think fags should be between 10 and 20 quid a packet. Mm. Petrol and diesel. Well, the another two and a half p. Yeah, later. they just rip us off left, right, and centre. They the government do. on that one, and the garages. You never find a poor, poor petrol company, do you? Let's face it. No. Doesn't bother me though. You put it, you've got to put it in the car. There's no good going. Oh, I'll shop around for something cheaper because it's all roughly the same price. Mm. If you live in London, you get ripped off left, right, and centre. I can not care less. I just put put the petrol in, and that's it. I think it's about time they laid off us. Yeah. Have you seen this email that's going round? No. I brought this it? in this morning. My cousin sent this to me from Australia. It's about, um, it's about global warming or, or climate change. Oh, right. And about the, um, the, uh, the carbon dioxide in the air. Right. Read it to you. Is it long? Mm, we can get it in. Well, then how long? <laughs> <laughs> right. What you have to do is imagine a kilometre of atmosphere. Right. Okay. The first 770 metres yes. are nitrogen. Right. The next 210 metres are oxygen. Yes. That's 980 metres out of 1,000. Right. 20 metres to go. The next 10 metres are water vapour. Right. So there's 10 metres left. 9 metres are argon. Right. So I've heard of argon. Yes, it's a gas. Yes. So just one more metre left. A few gases make up the first bit of that last metre. The next 38 centimetres of the kilometre is carbon dioxide, a bit over a foot. Right. 97% of that is natural, produced by Mother Nature. Right. Out of our journey of one kilometre, there are just 12 millimetres left, just over a centimetre, about half an inch. That's the amount of carbon dioxide that global uh, human activity puts into the atmosphere. And of these 12 millimetres, Australia, this is obviously sent from Australia, yeah. puts in 0.18 of a millimetre. Right. Um, that's less than the thickness of a hair out of a kilometre. Right. So it gives you some idea... What are they of, saying? Of, uh, well, they're, they're saying it's all rubbish. Oh, right, well, global warming is rubbish. No, no, well, global warming is rubbish because there's evidence now to say that the, 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 uh, the globe is cooling. But uh, right. 
global uh, global weather change, of course, is a, is a reality, and it always has been a reality, and it's a natural cycle. Oh, right. And uh, it's, to me, it's just an excuse to be taxed more and more and more. Mm. Well, do you remember they used to say carbon emissions, and at one time they were trying to cut down on um, hairspray and stuff like that. Oh, that's because right. Because of the ozone layer. Yeah. They were saying all these people using hairspray. So I wrote to Philip Schofield immediately and said, Philip, because Philip used on television about a can of hairspray every time he was on. He, him and Andy Crane, you could have knocked nails in with their hair. <laughs> because everybody, but everybody uses hairspray on television. You have to, because mm. otherwise with the lights it dries your hair out and stuff like that. So, so I, I wrote to say, don't use hairspray anymore. And I had to stop using my Cossack hairspray. Cossack. Loved the smell of Cossack hairspray. I just loved it. (laughs) Do you have denim aftershave at the same time? No, we never had denim. No, no. (laughs) Uh, Dee says, I should be as poor as uh, Vicky Beck's. But but you're right, it's embarrassing. So she can't keep up. Have you seen the perfume ad? They only show the back of her head. Do you know, I I looked at the advert (laughs) and I thought to myself, uh, would you ever buy the Beckham's perfume? No. no. Not in a million years. I wouldn't years. want to smell it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be interested in smelling it either. But this way, it's all it is. It's a merchandising thing. I should imagine Amanda knows exactly how merchandising works, but she probably uses the same perfume all the time. I should imagine that most of the perfume that Amanda's got on her dressing table has got Jordan, Jodie Marsh, stuff like that, because she, she buys designer stuff. Mm-hmm. Whereas I buy established perfume houses. I'm not remotely interested in the Beckhams trying to cream a few quid off... No, it wouldn't. Nobody touches... Cele- the, the celebrity perfume market is aimed at the chavs, the 18 and the 12-year-olds. Yeah. It's not aimed at proper people who want to go out and buy a, a proper perfume. A proper fragrance. A proper fragrance. So that's why, when I see the Beckhams advertising, I'm thinking, I'm not really that interesting. I'm, I'm really not that, that interested in, in sort of them lining their pockets... With, I mean, do you think David Beckham's got the faintest idea how perfume is made? No. He'll have gone along, like a friend of mine did, and had his own perfume made, and he paid a few hundred pounds, and it's his own perfume, but it's all based on the same notes. Yes. They're just in different, in different quantities. So you use an aftershave? I do. Which is? Today it's Azaguri. Right. Is that very expensive? It sounds very expensive. Mm, it is a bit. It is a bit expensive. <laughs> See, I always use Estee Lauder Intuition for men. Always used it for a long, long, long time. Before, I used to have lots on my dressing table. Now I only have the one. I, I keep it. And, and I have three. Three? Three. I used to... Do you remember Aqua de Silva? Oh, yes. Oh, right. Was that the fur cone-shaped bottle or something? Aqua de Silva. Aqua de Silva, I'm sure, was a fur cone-shaped bottle. Green. It's green bottle, yes. Yeah. And yes, I used so to use right. Eau Sauvage, which was very popular. Oh, yes. Christine. Dale always like used to Christian use... Dior. Yes. Dale uses Ho Hang by Balenciaga. Never heard of it. Yeah, he's used it for donkey's years, donkey's years. OK, 84850, steve at LBC at LBC 97.3. Morning, everybody. Producer, very busy today. She's typed up, James Whale wants to thank Paul Savory for telling the truth about global warming. Now, to be honest with you... <laughs> global? Global warming, yes, it's the new one. We, we do, we've, we've, it's much worse than global. I mean, we've had global. Glabble is, is over the whole world. Mm. Uh, because if you listen to James' podcast from Monday, he discussed it in length with various experts. Well, I'll leave the uh, I'll leave the email in his Dropbox again. Yes, so we'll leave it in your Dropbox. Thing. By the way, uh, listening to the podcast, Heinz tomato soup says Darren is lovely, poured hot in a bowl over mashed potato with lashings of Worcester sauce. It's to die for next to cheese and quaver sandwiches. Not sure about the cheese and quaver sandwiches, but I do agree. 
I think actually pouring soup over mashed potatoes is quite nice. We used to make little, you make a little um, island, not an island, a little volcano in the middle. Not a volcano, what am I talking about? It's a hole. And you pour it in there. And then, and then some cheese on the top and then fold it all in. Oh, it's delicious. Oh, it's, it's, it's mush, but it's delicious mush. It's absolutely fantastic. I went to a Polish restaurant this week. Never been to one before. All oh, right. Probably never will go again. But no, anyway. it's not. It's like but, Austrian food. It's yeah. a bit bland. But they did have something. Of, we had a, a, a white borscht to start oh, with. Oh, yes. That was fantastic. Really? Yeah. They, they do do very nice sausages as well. Well, this had pieces of sausage yeah. in, in the soup, and that was really good. I've often said, you know, get my hands on a bit of Polish sausage, and that's... Uh, my, my hairdresser, Mariusz, mm. when, he, when he goes back to Poland, he always brings me back vodka. Vodka like there's no tomorrow. And Polish sausages. Well, Alan had a steak done in vodka. Oh, right. And, uh, was that I, nice? Um, I didn't like it, to be honest. Mm. But yeah. anyhow. We better not mention too much booze this morning, because at 00.33, Larnica time, uh, Nathan Morley just got in, having spent the evening with Jimmy Carter and Desmond Tutu. I mean, God knows the company this poor boy keeps. He says, so I'm now having a few whiskies and an old flick on the television. Whatever that is. Perhaps he's cleaning it or something. <laughs> he says, I may be shaky in the morning. So here he is, Mr Shaky Shaky Man. I, indeed, I am very shaky, oh. <clears throat> even more shaky after listening to uh, your comments about Polish sausages. Yes. Beca- because I have to be honest with you, I, I don't like them. Uh, Czech, uh, Czech sausages, Polish sausages, too much gristle and, and fat. Yeah, there is uh, a lot of that. Uh, you know, I, I would much rather have a good German bratwurst. Yes, I than, agree. Than, uh, than, than, uh, the Polish are not famous for sausages. Yeah, and, they are around it, our way. Yeah, they're, they're, they're not famous for their cuisine, really. No, I mean, to be honest, no. I mean, you, I mean, you don't actually think, oh, Russian cuisine or Polish cuisine or Austrian... Uh, Russia, sorry, uh, Austrian cuisine is all salads swimming in oil. It's yes. canurdles everywhere. Everything yes. you go, it's got these blasted dumplings. Uh, but they do right. do a good sausage. Yeah. Well, they do a lovely sausage, and, and, you know, when I was there last month or the month before, I, I, I was in heaven because I like this German cuisine. I, I like my uh, sauerkrauts and my sausages, and mm. uh, oh, I, I love it. I, yes. I can't get enough of it. I am a very basic man, as you well know. We do know, yes. Uh, and, and, you know, sim- simple fare for a simple man. Absolutely. <laughs> You're just taking the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> so, no. Funnily enough, I was talking about simple fare. You just mentioned tomato soup. Yes. And I was talking about, oh, weeks ago on, on, on some program. I, I spoke to the guy who claims to have invented chicken tikka masala. And he was saying, oh, somebody came into my restaurant one night in Glasgow, and, and the curry was too hot, so I added a little bit of cold soup, and that's Campbell's soup, and that's how it happened. I'm not sure about it, to be honest. I think it was invented <laughs> in Glasgow. It rings a bell in the back of my mind in the trivia section. Yeah, it's Ali, Ali Aslam, his name is. Yes. Uh, and he he is actually credited with inventing it. Uh, and, and he's a very nice fellow, so don't get me wrong. Yeah. But it's just the story, you know, one of those... Uh, one, uh, you know he doesn't own copyright on it or anything like that. Well, he's it's impossible to, to copyright from... things like that. Is it really? Yes, I would think so, because mm. somebody can say, well, we've been doing this for ages in our village, and, and before you know where you are, there's a... There's a it, it, every, the, it's so difficult to copyright anything. I don't think any recipes are copyrighted. Well, that's that's interesting, because, I, I mean, I would have thought there was a lot of money in creating something no. really delicious. Yeah, there is, but the only thing you have to do is... We, we used to have... We used to do quiz questions on LBC. Years and years mm. ago, we'd have quizzes. And what they started doing originally, and this is going back 30 years, is they would copy the question out of a book. 
Sometimes they would just cut it out of the book and paste it. But, of course, that's somebody's copyright because that's their wording. So you'd have to change one or two words in the question to make it your question. And in a recipe, you can use exactly the same ingredients. But if you added a pinch of salt and you wrote pinch of salt, that then becomes your recipe. Mm. Mm, and so, mm, in the same way that whiskey blended with different whiskies can be individual. Yes, and in your but stomach, a, they probably are blended quite a lot. Well, y- yes, you know they 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 say there's nothing. There's no such thing as a double malt. Uh, and I and I said, well, you know, you really just got to take a bottle of Johnny Walker and a <laughs> bottle of Grouse, add them together, mix it up. You've got yourself a double malt, yes. and and it's going to make you sleep really well. Uh, I, I, <laughs> two I, bottles, <laughs> two bottles of whiskey, <laughs> two two bottles of whiskey yeah. mixed together. Oh my god! Don't worry about that. You know, sometimes you've got to, you've really got to dip your toe in the water and try these things. Do you know, I was uh, never a whiskey drinker. Although we, strange enough, talked about this on the program the other day. I said people who are whiskey drinkers would go into a pub and they say, "I'll have a whiskey with a with a finger," uh, which the finger. Oh, of, what? Sorry, a, f- a finger of whiskey. Oh, right, OK. OK. And, uh, More like a pint here, I'm afraid. Well, exactly. <laughs> that, that, that's supposed to be the, the amount of whiskey. And then they would have water. There always used to be water on bars. And you would top up your whiskey with, yeah. with water. And, and people would ask for specific whiskies. They didn't want just the house whiskey, because that tended to be any old rubbish thrown in there. They would say, oh, I'll have Glenfiddich or I'll have, you know, mm. White Horse or whatever it happened to be. Well, once you're a whiskey drinker, you are forever. I, th- I mean, yeah. I've, I've been a Scotch drinker for years, and uh, yes. I, and there are certain scotches I won't touch at all. Yeah. Uh, I, I certainly won't add water or, or anything to it because then you are just changing the drink. I mean, you're cha- yeah. the whole the, the, these whiskies, many of them thirteen, fourteen years, they've been sitting in the bottle. I mean, and then you get pillocks come along, add a bit of Coca Cola to it. <laughs> you just want. I know whiskey drinkers who who who's, if they see somebody in a in a pub pouring pouring Coca-Cola into it, they go, are you mad? Yeah, because they say yeah. it completely ruins the taste. Of- You're supposed to drink the whiskey. Although, as you and I know, or probably you don't, but if you, no. have, a, <laughs> if you have a slug of whiskey, by God, it takes the roof of your mouth off. It does. And, and, and you know, the other thing with whiskey, to get the full taste, don't smoke, especially not cigars or cigarettes when oh. you're having a whiskey. And the, the worst thing, don't eat chocolate before you're going to have a whiskey. Why? Because they, well, it just apparently knocks your your taste, your senses in your mouth, your taste in your mouth, and you really won't get get the, the enjoy the the whiskey to its fullness. And oh. uh, so, so I tend really not to eat at all. No, uh, I, I just drink. drink. Yes, you just drink. Yes, I was I going to say. Drink, so, where really. does the weight come from? <laughs> well, funnily enough, we're talking about that. I said there can't be much sugar in. With, I know, well, I mean, because brandy is almost all sugar, but whiskey, uh, because it's uh, rye or uh, corn, isn't it, I think? Mm. You know, I, I didn't think there would be so much sugar in there, but taking a look at my waistline, there must be, I think. Well, uh, do you know, some, I think you get to a certain age, and luckily, now we've, now we've both passed the 25 mark. Uh, I know you have. All of us. I, I think <laughs> it's a case of, it doesn't matter what you eat, it automatically goes on your hips. There's nothing you can do about it. It's just that your body turns certain things, like a bottle of wine or, you know, a bottle of whiskey, into fat. Yeah, and yeah, it's just I think grossly right. unfair. Well, it's the problems that the, the to- every man listening will know. I mean, the problem is the stomach, isn't it? I mean, yes. that's where the problem is. You can you can look slim in the face, and and you know, uh, mm. you, basically. But it, it, if you've got a fat tummy, it just spoils the whole thing. Really. Well, but, I mean, <laughs> after I mean, luckily, I've now cut back on eating after Michael Winner told me I was fat. <sighs> Michael Winner told you were fat. Yes. Yes. Did you slap him? Well, I didn't like to. I mean, I, you know, I'm just... Well, would, do, would you like me to do that for you? But the trouble is, he, he's actually really slim now. My... 
He is. He's really, really <laughs> He wouldn't slim. have dared say it a few years he, back. Put it way, a few years back, he wouldn't have dared say it to me, because I'd have gone, excuse me, pot, kettle, black, you know, usual thing. But he is actually really slim. I think that's a great title for a book. Michael Winner called me fat. Uh, yes. <laughs> well, he actually has a, has a book out called The Fat Pig Diet. Oh, dear, oh, dear. And, and he actually pointed at me, and I said, no, I said, I'm diabetic. He said, diabetic, shmiabetic. He said, listen, he said, you're fat. And he was, he was quite horrible about it. Uh, did you say, just don't hold back, Michael, say what you think. Well, the trouble is yeah. that you don't like to argue, do you? <laughs> you don't want to argue with Michael Winner. <laughs> well, funnily enough, I was out getting food yesterday, and, no, I wouldn't argue with Michael Winner. Uh, I, I, I was in M&S getting, you know, um, uh, and I was looking at the curries, so I bought one of these prawn curries and a butter chicken curry. I think they're very nice. Yes, You've nice. probably seen them. Yes, I've, I've eaten them. Uh, and uh, I, I was wondering about the calories in these things because actually, even though they're del- delicious to eat, they must actually be quite, quite fascinating. The sauce. Because, well, the sauces, yes. yes. You see the you see the red ghee. Is it ghee they call yes, it? Yes, ghee, ghee is the clarified it, it, butter. Yeah, in 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 the sauces. And as Mrs. Morley is currently in Helsinki, oh. I'm living on M and S food. So. <laughs> Uh, You're not going to be all cuddly, are you, when she comes back? Oh, I'll be cuddly. There'll be more to love. She she, she can expect that. (laughs) Plenty more to love. I think that's why she goes to Helsinki, I think, for the Christmas period. (laughs) Well, it's funny. It's becoming a pattern now. This is the 15th year she's done it. Have you noticed this? It's She's actually spending less time with you. As I was driving her to the airport, I I thought to myself, it's funny, because I seem to recall on exactly the same day last year, I was driving you to the airport. But, uh, no, I... Obviously, I don't want to go into that too much. It's too depressing. It is at this time of year. Will you be going out and joining her for the annual uh, sauna? Uh, No, no. I was going to pop to Sweden next week uh, to to meet up with her because we have family in Sweden as well. But I actually thought, no, they've got a dreadful swine flu out out there at the moment. I mean, Mm. just about anybody and everybody's coming down with it. Mm. Uh, And and I thought, actually, to be honest, I'd rather be here with Mr. Chaz, you know. And I found a great movie channel in the, you know, the afternoons called Film 24. It shows all these old English films. Oh, you lovely. Know, all, you know, lots of old Matterday films. Now, yesterday, Max Bygraves was on. I thought, so why on earth would I go to Scandinavia when I've got all this? Oh, how oh, yeah, lovely. Do you know that, so are you there by yourself for the festive uh, season? Well, it's me, Mr. Chaz and Caramel, yeah, that's it. Oh, You know, it's, it's a pretty lonely existence. It is lonely, and do, do you have yeah. a tree up? I do, I do have a tree. The first time for years, and it's a, it's a bonny little thing, uh, and it's got lights, and uh, and I have the um, uh, advent calendar, and all. The, actually, it's funny because I, uh, for years, and I, and I know I've t- told you over over the years that you know I never did anything for Christmas. No. This year, I suddenly got the bug. And and I thought I'm going to I'm going to decorate. I even enjoyed listening to Perry Como singing. It's beginning to look a lot it's like Christmas the other to day. Look a lot like Christmas everywhere, everywhere you go. Beautiful. Oh, that lovely. Uh, well, do you know what? Happy moment. Many people now will have a tear in their eye. It'll be early signs of conjunctivitis, but they'll be going <laughs> for it anyway. <laughs> I I, uh, like uh, having a tear in their why about my lonely plight, I would imagine. Well, you know, you to know. be quite honest with you, I think you can be very happy with, you know, the animals, some films, a bottle or yeah. two of whiskey, your Christmas tree with your lights. I think you could be quite happy. Over here, of course, you're going to be jealous because they're now predicting a white Christmas. They oh. are saying that it could snow. We're in for an icy blast, I think, coming in. Temperatures, they say, have already... Uh, Dropped in Lapland, it's minus 16, so a comparatively warm day for them, because mm. we had mm. minus 30 when we were there with the wind chill factor, believe you <laughs> me. That oh. is, as you know, 
freezing. Uh, but they have oh, now boy. doubled the chances of snow on Christmas the 25th to 59%. They've slashed the odds to 3 to 1. The last white Christmas, 2004. Oh, good. Well, I, I hope you get it, because the great thing about dreaming of a white Christmas, when it actually arrives, mm. it's really horrible, isn't it? I mean, you <laughs> can't get that. Oh, it's <laughs> <absolutely> <laughs> Whenever you see it on the television, you go, oh, look at that, all these lovely people. Unfortunately, around here, it's slush. So, yeah. in fact, you are covered with filthy, dirty slush, which, which takes the, the leather colour off your shoes, uh, and you have uh, to walk around in Wellingtons, and people go, Merry Christmas, you go, oh, pure, and all this kind uh, of, you know, because it, it's just horrible. It doesn't last. Only uh, in Lapland is it pure white snow for the whole season, because it's so cold. Well, once you're scraping the car or slipping on your doorstep, yes. you can see, you know, then you remember that white Christmases are not very nice. No. So, Lovely to know, look stick- at if you're sitting inside with your little nose... I remember as a child, my little nose pressed up against the window, and then it froze, and I was kind of stuck there for about an hour and a half, till we got the yeah. outer freeze out. <laughs> and your mother, yes, your mother had to scrape you off. Exactly. <laughs> it wasn't, wasn't an attractive look at all. I went, I don't like Christmas anymore. But it is but pretty, you look at snow falling on branches, and we have a little robin that sits on our patio every day, mm. and it sits on the chair, and I'm, I'm trying to tame it. So I'm stupidly talking to it at quarter past three in the morning. Oh, going, good. They, they respond. Do they? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Oh, I like robins. Do, they're, they're beautiful birds. Do talk to them, you yes. know, make, and, and they'll come back and see you and, and listen to more of your wise words, filling their hearts with joy. I mean, that's, that's, that's what they, they do. They're very smart. I've had enough now. I'm bored with you. Anyway, off you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, regards to Mr Chaz from... Uh, I'm speechless again. <laughs> I thought you might be. Noreen, no, is, I, just, I hope I just, you're well. Uh, Chaz, did you hear what he just said to me? Yeah, oh, I know. He's now brought the dog in. To it. For, for, forget your Christmas card, Alan. But Paul Savory, I'll send one to you. Oh, bless your heart. Here we are in the <laughs> Amazon jungle in, in London. Have a nice day. Cheers. Ta-ra. Bye. Lovely. Where's that from? That's a robin. Is that on your phone? Yes, it is. Yeah, you See, download the balmiest applications. You really do. No, Only no. You. No, this is really good. Is that a robin? This, no, this is a, an application with all British birds on it, and it's got their bird song and their call. This is the call of the robin. Oh, isn't that good? Lovely. I'll Fantastic. practice that later on today. It's, uh, oh, look at the... T- goodness, you made me late now. Anyway, it's nearly quarter to six. These are the headlines. Economists will be analysing the small print of the Chancellor's pre-budget report today as they assess his strategy to reduce the public debt. Alistair Darling's announced national insurance will go up next year, as well as the planned VAT rise back to 17.5%. We'll find out later how much MPs claimed on their second home's expenses. More than a year's worth of receipts are being published this morning. And 3D fantasy movie Avatar gets its premiere in Leicester Square tonight. The film, directed by James Cameron, cost a reported £300 million to make. Nearly as much as it cost us to, uh, to keep Hugh Broom in the uh, style to which he has become accustomed. Absolutely. And here he is with the travel. Thank you very much. There was a broken down uh, van on... 97.3. Well, again, very nice to be company. It's ten to six. Steve Allen's early breakfast. More and more people listening every day. Biggest share of the audience in the London area. Thank you very much indeed. Paul Savory is with us today as well. Good morning. And Noreen says Brian managed all the meals yesterday. He's eating Christmas lunches like they're going out of fashion. Sufficient to say, sufficeth to say, he ate a lot, but I love to see someone enjoying their food. It's only because Noreen is this thin. <laughs> Brian isn't. She says he'll have to diet after Christmas as he's got the big 60 coming up. Is that 60 meals? <laughs> <laughs> 60 Christmas dinners. And St Andrew of say. Highgate, he said, Morning, wonderful people. You say after a certain age we just put on weight. I've just lost nearly all my unwanted fat over a month, cutting out bread, pasta, all wheat, cheese, sugar and booze. It's booze that makes people put on weight. Well, I don't drink. And having What's seen Andrew, I could tell you he, he was fairly rotund. 
But that's but see the trouble is cut out bread cut, pasta I never eat anyway but all the stuff there bread pasta cheese wheat sugar booze they're all fattening items we all know what it is but frankly it's so dull mm. so dull so you have to eat bread occasionally see, I love cheese do you I'm it's the most fattening a friend of mine well, of all she ate every night fat. it is fat I know and all she ate at night was cheese and crackers after a meal and you just you know the weight piles on, I'm afraid. Uh, there's a Christmas cabaret playing at the German Street Theatre every lunchtime from 1 until 2pm. It's called Christmas Gold. It's 60 minutes of festive entertainment for all the family. So Kim of Richmond, who is the producer, says, go on, give it a go. The German Street Theatre every lunchtime, 1 till 2. So if you're in London shopping and you think it's only an hour, you know, every day at the German Street Theatre, go and, go and give them a whirl. Christmas Gold. Christmas Gold. Uh, ever tried Hollister aftershave? Never even heard of it. Hollister? Never heard of that? I have heard of it. Oh, have you? Oh, right. I don't know what it smells like. No. Uh, whatever happened to High Karate? Oh, God. You could still get it. Can you? I think. I'm, I'm sure you can. <laughs> I'm pretty certain you can. Mark, good morning. the ads. <laughs> uh, 84850, steve at Bushy says, what a wonderful start to the morning. I've now spilt my coffee laughing so hard. <laughs> Because I went to the doctor yesterday, because you know, I, I don't know if I told you, but I've got um, my foot started swelling up. Oh. And I started getting a bit panicky over it, being yes. diabetic. And, yes. uh, and I, I hadn't been to the doctor about it. And I've had it for about three or four weeks. And, and it was sort of, it was just not very good at all. And so yesterday I went. And so I went to see, not my usual doctor, I went to see another doctor. I did pop in and wave at her. And, uh, and I thought it was gout. Somebody said it could be gout. And he said, no, it's not gout, it's, it's not hot. But yeah. uh, it hurt a bit. So what they've done, they've actually put me on uh, diclofenic, which is... Uh, water tablets? No, diclofenic no. I've had before for bad back. It's a muscle relaxant, and it, sort of, it takes away any aches and pains. I said, does it work down at your feet? <laughs> my chemist <laughs> said, yes, because I didn't know how they worked. I said, well, I've had it for bad when I, my back was really bad. And diclofenic is fantastic for that. All right, so it's not water retention no, or anything no, like that? no, no. I don't think so, although I do have water retention. Mm. As expect. But when I go into the chemist, because my, my chemist as well also has a bad foot. I mean, the whole family's in the wars. Everybody's in the wars nowadays. People are sort of, Because it's Christmas, you see, so traditionally we fall ill <laughs> at Christmas. But he, he did tell me he's going to have a quiet Christmas at home this year. I not can't fall away. ill this Christmas. I'm the one in charge of the cooking. Oh. We're staying here, as you oh, know, this year. Right. So you're, you're not going away? No. <laughs> Maybe between Christmas and New Year. I'm talking yeah. to Mr. Warrington about that at the moment. Oh, are you? Oh, yeah. right. I'm not. I'm here all over Christmas. All over no. Christmas. Sharing my Christmas cheer with you all. And good to <laughs> Uh Angela said, I've just got over the shock I had on Sunday. I forgot my DAB radio was on loud. And when it, it came back on air, it was full blast. I thought Andrew Pierce was in my kitchen. Actually, the, prob the, the funny thing is, he probably was, strangely yeah. enough. You know what he's like. He's terrible like that. And uh, we'll talk to Roger Foss. We thought we'd talk to Roger Foss at quarter past uh, nice. six this morning. We'll have a check on the horse. No, producer's not over keen. And uh, <laughs> coming up with uh, Nick Ferrari at breakfast. They'll be following Alistair Darling's pre-budget report. Uh, talking to Lord Digby Jones. Talking to uh, lots of people who might or might not be affected by the budget. Plus, they'll be talking to Alistair Darling. Uh, plus they'll be talking to Vince Cable, plus they'll be talking to uh, the Conservatives getting it right on marriage with Charlotte Pickles. I, don't, I, I do object to being told by, you know, successive 
political parties and what their thoughts are on marriage. I really couldn't give a stuff, actually, what they think about it. Well, they just mind their own business. Most Conservatives play away anyway, don't they? Therefore, play away, way, play away, away, play away. Uh, so we'll do that after the news at uh, 7. And, uh, and Patricia says, uh, you were talking about the Frost Fair. Actually, it's not the Frost Fair we're going to tomorrow. We're going to the one at Hyde Park. Yes, the Christmas Fair. The Christmas Fair, which is love. It is. I went a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Highly recommended. Where are you going for a toffee apple? Not many people. Oh, they've got toffee apples and they've got uh, chocolate-covered apples. Ah, no, don't do chocolate-covered apples. But have they got vushed? Yes. Have they got hot sausages? Yes. You see, I think one of these days we should invite Nathan Morley over, put him up in a small travel lodge or a large travel lodge, and, uh, and let him sort of take him round to enjoy a bit of London festivities. Because well, we just don't time see he came over here. Exactly. We haven't seen him for... It's not that expensive to, to come over to this country, is it? Uh, a couple more Christmas cards. This one here from Anthony Thomas Architects Limited. It's a picture of himself on the front. There you go. There he is there. Very nice. They're very nice looks indeed. a bit like George Melly. He does look a bit like George Melly. I quite like the office the space, actually. Anyway. Yes, yes, very nice. He says, you won't hit the roof with our glass ceiling. I like that. It's a good line for an architect. And, uh, Steve, happy Christmas from The Volunteers. But I don't know which volunteers. I don't know which ones. I'm sure somebody will tell so you. Somebody will actually tell me. Actually, I, d- I do quite well for cards every year, but unfortunately, owing to the fact that they're not that festive upstairs in the office, I can't put my cards up. I used to have them up on, on strings. I could fill the office. Clive Bull and me used to have a competition yeah. every year who, who got the most cards. Modesty forbids me from telling you who used to win the competition every year since 1968. <laughs> uh, Jean, Jenny and Nicola, thank you very much indeed for your card. Let me just do this one. I, I recognise the writing on this one. I bet you anything, before I've opened it, it's Corin and Tony. While, while we just have a quick look, Paul. Steve. Uh, an adolescent bottlenose dolphin has been accused of bullying swimmers and water skiers in New Zealand. Rescue services had to be called after the 250-kilogram dolphin's behaviour prevented six people from swimming back to shore in separate incidents in the past week. The four-year-old Moko, who used to live in Mahia in New Zealand's east coast, was initially praised for his friendly nature, but since making Gisborne his home in summer, um, he was he's trapped swimmers, overturned kayaks, tipped over water skiers and interfered with surf life-saving training. Marine science expert Professor Mark Orams has compared Mocker's uh, personality change to humans going through puberty. He says he's doing what we all do as teenagers. He's testing his boundaries, but he's testing them on humans, and humans are coming off second best. Oh, I can't remember going through puberty. Well, Was that uh, where your voice changes? Um, Such so. a long time ago, yes, I've got no idea. I think, I think lots of things change. Yes. Oh, well. Perhaps we'll do that on another programme. <laughs> it was Corin and Tony. I thought it was. Another wonderful year. Look forward to many, many more. He says, you know you like traditional Christmas cards. They've sent me one with meerkats on the front, <laughs> which we like. It's a very cute card. Actually, it always reminds me of that very funny thing on YouTube, which is the meerkats standing there, and the little babies have come out, and they're all on, and they obviously train them from an early age to stand up like this yeah. and sort of look around. You're not getting this impact, Tony, but believe you me, I'm standing up with my little paws in front of me. And they stand up like that. But one of the little meerkats is obviously a bit early in the morning because he's rocking backwards and forwards, and then his eyes close it. And then he, he falls over, and he pulls himself back together again. And then eventually he just gives up and just collapses completely, <laughs> just rolls off the little mound. Oh, bless. They are absolutely delightful. I did love them in the Cotswold Wildlife Park. Oh, well, they just the one that we haven't heard from Debbie for a little while, actually. So sweet. Heard from Stephen Lisa Riley, thank you very much indeed for your Christmas card, and Shirley and Brian of uh, Bobbingdon, Steve and all his mates 
I shall take that home and show them. They'll be thrilled. Paul Cooper, his mum, all the people in goods, the chemist, all the people at Stella. Go oh, on, I'll tell you, the list goes on. Stella's, Pinchos, down at the Barmy Arms. Actually, do you know, there's barely a day walking through Twickenham where I don't say hello to at least six people. Sometimes I just go and inflict myself on Paul Cooper, and he goes, after I've stood there for ten minutes, he goes, like a cup of tea, Steve? I think I've stood here long enough. Of course I want a cup of tea. But I bought paper off him yesterday, and he does some very nice Christmas paper, and he's got loads of that kissing stuff. I was on a training course at another store. I... Molly team, by golly, it's fresh in here this morning, isn't it? It's it is. It I'll is. just put my coat back Oh, on. did you know I tell them? I'll put a scarf on in a minute. Nice to have you company. Welcome to Thursday morning, LBC 97.3. So, they're saying snow on the horizon for the 25th. Now, for most of you, you're probably thinking, great, but for many people who drive for a living, lorry drivers and things like that, they're going, last thing we want, Steve, is snow for Christmas. Yeah, not good. It's pretty. The trouble is, I'm harking back to days when you were at school and you finished at school and all you had to do was go and play in the snow. You never thought about, you know, whether the milkman got through or the postman got through. You just thought, you looked out the window, and I remember distinctly I was at my brother's place and we looked out the window on Christmas morning and the snow just started coming down. It's, you know what it's like? You get very excited. You get, it's snowing, it's snowing. Mm. Like we've never seen snow before. It was so... Pr- you have to well, on. I have, I'm freezing. <laughs> at, at, uh, you know, at that time, we hadn't seen snow. It might start snowing in here in a minute. Yes, it's not far <laughs> off, it, is it? Oh, dear. But they're so, saying on Sunday, ice. it could be minus seven yeah. in parts of the country. In the eastern Scotland, mainly, but... Uh, Just when I'm taking still. the cushions off my settee today, I'm taking them to go and be, to be redone. I'm redone. having redone. My cushions are being redone. Redone in what way? Well, it, I'm having them duplicated. I'm having new ones made. Because okay, I've had these for about... I think this this particular settee is probably about 12 years old. Right. But it's nothing to matter with it. It's just got these big cushions at the back and at the front. So I'm taking them off. And I discovered this place in Kingston the other day. Uh, I went in there. I said, how much do you charge for cushions? And, and um, you do gold lame. And you do gold lame. And she said, oh, I'll come round and measure. I said, no, I'll bring them in. Don't worry. <laughs> she said, they might not fit. I said, no, I'll just, just copy them exactly as they are. Just make them in red velvet, piped. And she said, it depends what filling you want. Mm. And I said, well, I, I don't like fluffing up cushions. I'm sick to death of fluffing no, up you cushions. Need a, you need a, a, a firm foam on the inside. Do you think that's foam? You need a firm foam on the inside with a... Um, a liner. A, a topper, yeah. Mm. Well, that's, what, that's the cheapest option, surprisingly. You know, I can have it stuffed. She's, in fact, at the moment, she said she was restuffing today. I thought, a little bit too much information, but there you go. I'm willing to go with it if she is. Uh, other stories in the paper today. This is, a, this is not a good story, but it's, it's a kind of story that really annoys me. And it's police have uncovered a plot to smuggle out of Britain the son of uh, rich Arabs accused of raping two schoolgirls. What they've done is they've taken this 14-year-old's passport away from him so he cannot leave the country but they reckon that the parents based in Kuwait will send him a duplicate passport now this has happened before where people in fact there's a bus driver I think from Croydon who's skipped uh, completely he's supposed to turn up in court Mm. he's been sentenced to four years in prison in his absence but they don't know where he is at the moment You'd think that the day before well, they'd go out. They think he's in France. Don't you think the um, our, our culture of bailing people in this country, without any any bonds, yes, um, is just folly. Yes, absolutely. We, we should introduce bonds in exactly the same way as they do in America. Yes, you have to put up money if you want bail. Yeah, if you don't, 
um, show up after your bail, yeah. you forfeit the money. I never understand as well how on earth, because you get all sorts of strange cases, but this, this 14-year-old is accused of raping two schoolgirls aged 11 mm. and 14. And, you know, in situations like that, I think you can't just say, OK, just, just pop back whenever you feel like it. I think it has to be something a little bit more. All the papers full of the X Factor finalists, uh, Dreary Ollie, uh, I'm afraid. He, even he's admitted he's not a great singer. Well, I think we could have told you that straight away, Ollie. I don't think you have a career. I really don't. Um, I don't and, think he has a personality. No, I don't think he has a personality either. I think terribly, terribly dull. I've seen more, certainly from Essex. I mean, he's a bit of a disaster for Essex. In fact, two from Essex. Him and, him and Stacey. The Christian couple were cleared of insulting this, uh, this Muslim yes. uh, hotel guest. This is a woman who wasn't Muslim until a year ago. Uh, she was Roman Catholic. She tried various other religions. Unfortunately, her events of what happened with this couple in the hotel are completely different, and that's why the judge uh, has uh, freed and cleared the hoteliers accused of abusing this Muslim. She turned up in normal dress, Western dress, for want of a better description, mm. um, except for the last day when she turned up in a, in a hijab and everything else, and they apparently made, made comments. Um, however, uh, when they actually sent the police round, she used the foulest language. I think I cannot even repeat it. It's in The, uh, the Sun today uh, as to what she claimed she said and what the police wrote down on her statement, she said. Uh, and this, this couple, it turns out, unbeknownst to her that A, they already have a Muslim child, B, they're adopting two more Muslim children, they're also devout Christians, and the church that they go to... I know, it's all very... It's, it's very, it's very complicated. Muslim and Christian? I don't, well, I think they, they have a Muslim child. They have a child who is Muslim right. that they adopted, and they're going to adopt two others. But the church they're will is, with is one of these progressive churches. It's not what we would call oh, right. normal. they take all their clothes off then. Uh, well, I don't and, know if uh, they take clothes off. But what, what they've actually done is the, the church supported them. The church found their brief and everything else, and they had people outside there with banners and a campaign. Say, this is just ridiculous. Can you not say things to people now? You know, if, if I turn round to, you know, the producer and go, it's not your fault, you're a midget, you know, is she then going to go, <laughs> or something like that? Because she's suing. <laughs> of course, the trouble she is she can't, out. because she's in pantomime at Richmond this year, and she's got a very busy schedule ahead of her with six other people who aren't called dopey, happy, sneezing. She's doing all of them, she said. She because, just runs around a lot. But doesn't it come down to that? Were, were we not taught as children? You know, if somebody says, like, when, when you're at school and somebody said something, you know, you just turn the other cheek, you go, sticks and stones may break my bones. Oh, but I just don't army. think anybody has a sense of humour anymore. They don't do that. You no. can't say anything to anybody. But you can't do Irish jokes, can you? Well, you can if you're Irish. Yes. And strange enough, and yet, yeah. yes, in fact, there are all sorts of jokes now that people go, and that's the reason that lots of comedians don't go out on tour, because of the PC Brigade. It's basically a bunch of mealy-mouthed little sad old has-beens who don't have any life and they've got nothing better to do than write a silly letter going, oh, I think that's absolutely awful. You know, you should say this, I'm so-and-so, so, oh, get over yourself. You yeah, know, do I'm, yourself a favour, go and live somewhere else. Could Jackie, Jackie Mason be sued? He can't, because he's, he's doing Jewish. doing Jewish jokes. He's, yeah. ju he's Jewish. He's Jewish, so he can't. He's Jewish. But, uh, and also, you know, people would expect... I remember somebody writing in years and years ago, complaining, I think about 15, 20 years ago, to the radio authority, when we used to have such a thing, complaining about Steve Allen. The radio authority wrote back and said, but that's the nature of his programme. That's what he does. You know, if you don't understand what he does by now, you know, you're living on another planet. Well, it's like Little Britain. If you took an element from Little Britain, mm. it's insulting, but... By virtue of the fact that they insult everybody, yeah, it's not. So that's okay. It's uh, it's yeah. all right, isn't it? What what I can you so. not do humour about? 
You can do it about most things, well, can't you? Well, I, I would say um, rape. Yeah. Certainly not. Um, I don't know. Murder, perhaps. Yeah. But, Different things. But really, um, really um, religion and all that, yeah. I think, is fair game. Oh, exactly. I mean, what are they saying? People who do religion don't have a sense of humour? They certainly do. News headlines, Katie Radley. Thanks, Steve. Economists will be analysed. Yes. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Oh, Debbie at Cotswold Wildlife Park. She says, hi, Stephen Paul. <laughs> I was just about to text you. You see, isn't it funny? You don't hear from somebody for ages and then they pop up like that. Love the meerkat YouTube clip. Love you both too. I'm going to email you pictures of our meerkats with their Christmas tree. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait. Can't wait. Uh, 84850. D says, uh, diclofenic's an anti-inflammatory, too. A bit like Nurofen. You have to watch your stomach. They usually say take with dairy. I can't take them because I have a dodgy tummy. So it's, uh, yeah, it's Sheila from Kent. Thank you for that. It's an inflammatory. It's, it just reduces inflammation. Lovely. Uh, 84850, Steve at LBC. The, uh, oh, the aftershave in the green cone is Pino Silvestra. Do you remember that now? Pino Silvestra. Yes. I, you can't beat a good aftershave, actually. It has to be said. It has to be I said. I get a green bottle is Pinot Noir. <laughs> Pinot Noir. Do you know, I bought some Pinot Grigio the other day. Some, and I thought to myself, if I was having a party, I would invite, invite Roger Foss round, and, and he, he could have a little sample. We should have a party, then. I should, actually, shouldn't I? I should. Yeah. Anyway, Roger is with us this morning. Morning, Roger. Good morning, Steve. I can't wait for the invitation. Well, don't, don't, yeah, well, right, don't, don't get Pinot too excited. It, it, it's not going to happen just yet. You know, I was thinking oh, right. maybe in a couple of years' time. Oh, what a letdown. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, hopefully by that time you, you, you won't drink too much. <laughs> oh, I'm hoping a bottle you. will serve 12. I've <laughs> 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 looked forward to it. It sounds like Scrooge's Christmas party. Oh, I don't do Scrooge. I don't do Scrooge. <laughs> anyway, I do do Morecambe. We do do Eric Morecambe because I met him on a, on a few occasions. You went out to see this... Uh, oh. New play, didn't you? With with uh, Bob Golding. Bob Golding, yes, yeah. this is absolutely amazing. Because you know, the other night I went to see the Panto at Croydon, and uh, it's Sooty and Sweep who are the stars of the show, and I got soaked. I forgot that Sooty has a water pistol, so we <gasps> ended up completely soaked. And then last night I got a sneak preview. It officially opens tonight, actually. But this uh, show at Morecambe, which uh, has just opened in the West End, it's. Uh, as you say, Bob Golding, and ended up soaked in tears, actually, tears of laughter and tears of nostalgia, because it, it reminds you of a time, well, of another era, really, of comedy, when things were completely different to what they are now. Mm. And I really thought uh, this guy, Bob Golding, is absolutely brilliant. I didn't really think it was going to work. Somebody coming on, a one-man show... Uh, doing Eric Morecambe, but in fact, it's almost as if he channels him from another world, (laughs) from the spirit world almost. (laughs) And it's a bit like, you know, the very final show that Eric Morecambe did, it was somewhere like Tewkesbury, I think it was, this is 25 years ago, when he died, and uh, he'd been talking about his career, and then went off stage and just had the final heart attack. Well, It's a bit like that. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's as if Eric Walkham's come on and he's telling us about his career, um, growing up as a kid and always telling jokes, and then meeting Ernie Wise or Ernest Wise or Ernest Wiseman, I think yes, his, Ernest Wiseman. his name was. Yeah, that's right. And then, um, 
and then eventually getting together and, and, and the hard work that they went through over many, many years before they ever got on telly and how he was a complete worrier all the time, constantly worrying about whether jokes were going to work or whether he was funny or not or whether and, and working hard on the, on the stuff they did on telly and ending up with all these heart attacks. But, you see, I thought this guy was brilliant because it's not really just an impersonation. He's a great actor, uh, is Bob Golding. So he, he manages to bring the character of Eric Morecambe alive again, but he also is a brilliant comedian himself, so he's able to do all those gags and do the kind of Eric Morecambe stuff, just the things we know about, the, the coin in the paper bag thing, and mm. talking about some of the gags that we remember possibly from some of those television specials and Christmas specials, uh, and he does them absolutely brilliantly, so I, I thought this is, is a real treat, actually, a great a, a moment to arrive in the West End. Okay, so it's looking back on someone who, who's died, and very often with stage shows about comedians they don't really work do they because we've had tommy cooper on stage and kenneth williams and even at one point david suchet not one of his best moments did a comedian everyone's forgotten sid field mm, uh, yes. and tony hancock's been done on stage and hilda baker of course but but uh, unlike tony hancock who's supposed to have had lots of demons and things uh eric Morecambe didn't so you think mm. well is this gonna work because he was a family man, and he, 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 he didn't have any kind of drug problems or drink problems or anything like that. And his only problem, I think, was that he worried too much and worked too hard. Same with, <laughs> same with all these people of that, uh, of that generation, of that vintage. If you look at pictures of Eric relaxing at home, he just sat there with his pipe and, and found it yes. very difficult. I think when he... That's why he, he, was going, he went back out on tour again, because I think the thought of sitting at home, if you've been a working comedian and working part of a partnership, although they worked separately uh, as well as together. They didn't socialise, I don't think, away no, from didn't. the television. They weren't, That's they weren't right. that, that, that sort of double act. But whatever they did, they, ne- they, they never apparently signed any kind of contract and didn't just shook hands as That's right. probably very young men and, and just said, OK, it's 50-50 all the way through. And even mm. when Eric was, uh, was, was ill and, and Ernie was off doing some things on his own, apparently he, he, he would send him 50% of the money. So mm. um, it was one of those partnerships that is a rarity, actually, I would imagine, in yes. show business. It doesn't really happen very often. And, uh, and I, I just think that this is more than just a tribute show. It's actually, it's actually a bit of a nostalgia trip. Mm. <laughs> Nothing the, the matter with nostalgia. Nothing the matter with nostalgia. No, there isn't really. It, it, it is a bit like going down memory lane because you, you go back to a time when something like a staggering 28 million people, more than 28 million of us, would sit there and watch some of these programmes. That's absolutely phenomenal, isn't it? Yes, it is. And, well, there was nothing else to watch on the television. That was all you had. No, you had BBC <laughs> One and ITV, and that was, that was the end of it, Yeah, I think. just a couple of channels, and that was it. But mm. also, the great thing is, too, that Ernie Wise does make an appearance, although in the form of a ventriloquist dummy. So little Ernie's there. <laughs> and and a, a friend of mine said, oh, he looks a bit like this, this little dummy. looks a bit like Barry Manilow. Although, <laughs> I, I said, no, he looks like Paul Daniels, actually. <laughs> At the same height, probably. <laughs> uh, we are probably taller. Yeah, so, so big, big thumbs up there for, uh, for this oh, uh, show. Absolutely. Absolutely. This is a great Christmas treat, I think. It's, uh, yeah, forget the kids, forget the panto. Mm. Uh, if you want to go to the West End, forget all the big shows. It's one of the other one-man shows by Arturo Brachetti. Mm. Uh, is one guy coming on and entertaining us for an evening, and he got a standing ovation last night, and people were going out sort of very, very moist-eyed, 
So I think um, this is a this is really quite something, well worth catching. Excellent. Uh, um, and briefly, if you nip down to Croydon, it's uh, well, it's an evening with sooty and sweep. In I know. Pant- well, it's actually. Yeah, I know. And, well, I mean, are these the Morecambe and Wise of, uh, of Glove Puppet Land? <laughs> I wonder. So, excuse sweet. me, Glove glo- glo- Puppets? I, I don't think so. I think. This is Sooty oh, and Sweet we're talking. I think we're so. talking about real people, are we? Real, real people here, yes. Real people. Yes. Well, it's Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. I've got to say, ha- uh, look, you know, we know that uh, in Richmond we've got uh, we've got Panto there with Jane Asher and, and Wimbledon. There's Pamela Anderson and Paul O'Grady and uh, Hackney Empire, Clive Rowe and, and, and lots of other Pantos around. But honestly, I, I think this one really is at the top of my list because it's not just that it's sooty and sweet and, and it's great to see see them on stage uh, but it's actually a very good show and I think the secret really is that not only have you got lots of stuff for the kids to join in with and uh, lots and lots of the, the usual panto gags and so on but it's all done extremely well and everybody takes it I, I suppose seriously in the way that Morecambe and Wise would have done yes, yes. so it, 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 the kids are part of the show of course in every panto and I think Croydon gets top marks because the, the, the kids are swept up in this completely. Mm. So Can you they're see only them? joining in. Pardon? Can you see Sooty and Sweep then? I mean, they're not exactly big. No, they're not actually. Are they? they're, they're glove puppet size. But you do see them. Oh, yes. You can't avoid them. <laughs> <laughs> and, so, I mean, uh, and the great highlight of the show is Sweep, s- who, of course, unlike Sooty, who, who doesn't say a word... Sweep does squeak, doesn't he? Yes. Uh, and, and I think this is the most surreal moment in any panto ever, is when Sweep comes on and sings Nessum Dorma. And I, I sat there <laughs> watching this, and I, I looked at the bloke sitting there, and I thought, what kind of, what planet am I? Where am I? I Sweep does Nessum Dorma. <laughs> yes, it's, Sweep does Nessum Dorma. It's, Actually, strange but, enough, I don't remember the past few years, Sooty and Sweep doing panto. I'm not sure if this is their, their comeback. No, I'm not sure either. I think they 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 have been doing it because uh, Richard Cadell, who yes. who is now Sooty's friend, as it were, or dad, or big brother, or I don't think we should read anything into this. By the way, if you're listening, just in <laughs> no, case you're getting a bit panicky about he, he doesn't do the he doesn't he doesn't have his hand in the glove puppet. By no, the way, He's, no, he he actually That's controls not. this show completely. Richard Cadell, one of the great yeah. panto performers, who of course is a magician too. That's right. Listen, so, I've got to leave uh, it there. All right, so kids. You know, you don't need a Nintendo Wii. Just go and see Sooty and Sweep. It's uh, just, just the Sweep theater. singing Ness and Dorma. Ness and Dorma. Everybody <laughs> should see it. It's just the, the <laughs> highlight of the you year. Can only hazard a guess. <laughs> Listen, have a nice week. We'll talk next week. <laughs> OK, Steve. Take care. Roger Bye. Foss. Roger Foss. So the pantomime is down at, uh, at Croydon. Sweep singing Ness and Dorma. I'm not sure, I'm not sure I can hold up to something like that. Listen, after the, uh, the news... We'll find out how we did in horse racing and how the dinner guests watch the artists due to entertain them eat the guests. This is LBC... Still to come, the dinner guests were a little bit horrified when the act started to eat the person who was helping them. It's a very bizarre story, very bizarre story. Anyway, down back into the real world of horse racing and after two winners on Tuesday... We had two losers yesterday. Oh, dear. But look on the good side, Katie. I can't be blamed for the weight gain today. <laughs> OK. OK, that's good news. Because I noticed yesterday appeared to be Andy's birthday. Yes. And there were all sorts of manner of 
cheap things which were sitting on the side for people to eat. So I, I put some cookies out there this morning. I've had two already. Have you had two? Yeah, they're lovely. That was me, me, me put the cookies out there this morning. Thank you. They're good, aren't they? Yeah, really nice. They are particularly good. But I thought after Andy's birthday yesterday and then the global party last night, mm. of which there are a few people suffering today. Yes. No names. <laughs> uh, we, need to, we need a winner in the horse racing because yesterday, Grand Slam hero, again, you had another third. Oh. Not good enough. Not Prince good Charlemagne enough. for Alex, fourth. Right. So his total loss is £11.72. You're £56.49. Winner today would be good. I'm going to go for the 12.40 at Ludlow and the horse is called Gennari. Gennari. Yes. Okay, well, he's going for the 6.30 at Kempton. Mm -hmm. Cheery Cat. Oh, that's a good Cheery name. Cheery Cat. He, oh, he, he doesn't hold out much hope for it, I'm really? afraid. Really? No. So yours is called. Gennari. Gennari. And his is. Cheery cat. Okay, we'll find out tomorrow. Thank you. Take care. Bye. Bye bye. There's Katie. Uh, coming up after the news at seven this morning, Nick Ferrari doing the papers, Kevin Maguire, associate editor at the Daily Mirror. They're looking at the pre budget report. How will it affect you? National insurance increase for low earners. They'll talk to uh, Matt Craigie, who works in advertising on 23,000 a year. They'll talk to a primary school teacher and pensioner. And uh, they'll, they'll talk to a banker as well. Plus, why do so many overpaid, overcomplicated jobs exist in the public sector? And uh, Lord Digby Jones will say that wouldn't happen in the private sector, but in the public sector it does. They'll talk to uh, the Chancellor and the Shadow Chancellor on the pre-budget report, George Osborne. Uh, they'll talk to Alistair Darling, Vince Cable, and uh, Anthony Brown, who's the Mayor of London's policy advisor. All of that and more after the news at seven with Nick Ferrari this morning on LBC. So here's a strange story. Being held uh, a party... Uh, it was at a circus-themed supper held at a zoo in Hamburg, in Germany, the uh, Hagenbeck Zoo. As the cabaret, they had six tigers, Bengal tigers, and their trainer. Unfortunately, he took his eye off them for a moment, and that's when they pounced. Uh, they started to eat him as the dinner guests were sitting there watching in absolute horror. Because the one thing that you've got to do, they will always tell you with Bengal tigers, is A, you've got to maintain contact with them. Because the moment you take contact off, or your eye contact, they come up behind you. And I remember seeing this on the television. They said, just watch them. They, if they come round behind, that's what they do. They jump from behind. And he turned his back on them just, just once too often. And so they pounced. Uh, they were then... Uh, they actually treat him like a rag doll because you look at these Bengal mm. tigers. They're quite big. I think he's all right. Uh, he did have chunks of flesh torn from his body. Oh, they nice. Did, I know. <laughs> Just <laughs> halfway through your that bacon creme and eggs brulee, this yes, <laughs> bacon and eggs. But anyway, he's 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 in uh, hospital at the moment, and uh, they think he he should recover. The tigers, of course, live to fight another day, as they say. But that's the trouble. You know, no matter what you're working with, if you're working with an animal that is it's basic... It, it might be trained, but it's still got the basic instincts. I mean, even dogs turn. So you can imagine a 32-stone cat, you know, leaping on you. And have you seen the size of that? I've seen them when they, when they put these things out for medical... Re and they open their, their claws up. These things can rip into the hide of an elephant. Imagine what they do to you. Mm. Terrible. Lord. Anyway. Paul. Children are being put through the hatches of recycling banks to steal oh, second-hand clothing. This is happening in Lincolnshire. Oh, yes. A recycling bank containing Oxfam donations at Morrison's Car Park in Wainfield Street, Skegness, has been targeted five times since July. Police have warned that the practice is extremely dangerous and say lives could be at risk. 
Eight bags of charity clothing were stolen in the last incident. Oxfam officials say their shops are suffering due to the stolen donations. Sue Ray from Oxfam <laughs> said they're putting a person into the hopper, usually a child, into a dark metal bank, not knowing what's in there. It's extremely dangerous. Police Community Support Officer Claire Scott said we urge those responsible to have a conscience and stop what they're doing. People thieve anything now, don't they? They well, absolutely thieve anything. It's eBay. They're eBay. eBay. I told you, I used Don't to watch a couple who lived in Hounslow stealing from outside charity shops at night. They would drive up, people, you know, well-meaning people, leave their bundles of clothes outside there. There's other people who come around and nick them. Mm. And they just steal the stuff and then chuck it there. Because technically, if it's sitting on the pavement, it's anybody's. That's you right. know, if it's inside the shop, even though they say on the shop window, "Don't leave clothes outside." And this couple used to go round, load all the bags up into their car, go into a car boot. I followed them one morning just to find out who this thieving pair of tow rags were, and they car boot the stuff, and then they come back and dump it back outside the shop again. Yeah, it's just it's it's awful because some people are very generous when they when they give to charity shops. Indeed. So there you go. Um, Karen's having a, a an MRI an MRI brain scan later. Fairly painless. You just lie. It's like fairly lying, painless. It's like it's lying completely down. Completely painless. Completely painless. Have a little eye down. That's it. <laughs> yes. Steve saw Artura at the Garrick on Sunday. Thanks for the recommendation. It's brilliant, which is good news. And um, strange enough, Sam in Catford confesses to being heterosexual and married. I don't know why this would be of any interest this morning, <laughs> Sam. Two people, but bless your heart for sharing it. You, you're going through one of those strange periods in your life where you're maybe doubting yourself. <laughs> Rain Greenford says BBC's new big top sitcom, a waste of some great comedy actors. This does not include Amanda Holden, who has no comedy talent at all. <laughs> I agree. I totally she's agree dreadful. with you. I think she's absolutely dreadful. A bit like Sarah Harding, who turned up last night in Leicester Square. She now thinks she's an actress. She's had two minor kind of stumble-on roles, and this is my first major role, she says. Yes, I don't think it'll be going any further, sweet pea, but never mind. Nice to see that you stumbled down the red carpet. She couldn't walk, so that had to help her down there. And nice to see that, uh, that she was supported by her bandmates from uh, Girls Aloud. Mm-hmm. Well, I say she was supported. Sadly, Cheryl was very busy, and somebody else was busy, so she ended up with a very pale-looking one, and uh, and the other one who seemed to go everywhere together because they weren't working. So that's good news. Uh, you will uh, you will love it, says Kath, to go and see Snow White in Croydon. The whole show was spot on. Sharon from EastEnders was great because they've got her down there as well. Uh, Annette enjoyed many fond memories. You must go, you'll love it. Best Christmas wishes from Kath in Highgate, and said, I too have been soaked by Sooty's water pistol. <laughs> Who haven't? I had him in the studio when he soaked me. I was so thrilled. So thrilled. <laughs> uh, did you see the picture of Suri Cruz, which is Tom Cruise's uh, little child, three years old in high heels and a handbag? Says Dick. I know. The truth, I wasn't sure if she was wearing it genuinely or... If it was like a dressing a up... fancy dress it's, thing. Oh, they put her in high heels today at three. How stupid is that? I don't think that's right to put a three-year-old in high heels. That's going to ruin her that's legs. Ru- Trouble is, who are we to, to criticise people? Answer, we're adults. And uh, you don't put a three-year-old in high heels. It's just stupid. The other thing which is very popular this year, a colourful Christmas tree. The most colourful Christmas tree, according to B&Q and Selfridges, a three-foot pink tree. Mm. It's the most popular. Yes. What colour tree do you have? I have a natural one. Natural. Is it real tree or fake tree? It's a fake tree. All oh, right. But I saw a lovely what, what? fake one the other day, which was just drenched in snow. 
Yes, takes, I've got, that's what really I've got. Good. Yes, I've got one of those. Yeah. What I don't get, and I think it's a little bit insulting to Christmas somehow, is John Lewis are selling black upside down Christmas trees. Yes, they did them last year. I, I, I know, I, I know, I, but do, people buy them. Do you, do you know what I mean? They're, yes. They're, I think they're kind of insulting in a, in a strange kind of way. I just, to be honest with you, I, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, a tree should be green. I think it's quite pretty. You know, if a little girl wants a little tiny, tiny one in the bedroom yeah. and it's pink, that's great, that's fine. And I bought some in Paper Chase before. But why have it upside down? Well, the upside down Christmas tree came from the Tate Gallery when somebody put one in one year. Oh, did it? And they went, oh, an upside down Christmas tree. Thing. Yeah. So they now... Have, and John Lewis then started, and sadly, some people bought them. To be honest with you, I don't, I don't quite get it, but there again, having yeah. seen Brian Thur on the Alan Titchmarsh show, we don't get him either. What a waste of space. A stupid little man. At the worst, you know, now he's getting older, the worse he's getting. They had him on there to discuss something interesting, and he just came over as an idiot, I'm afraid now. So hopefully David, the producer, won't book him ever again, because it was just a waste of an interview. Totally stupid. To put a man on there who talked like... has got something stuck in his mouth. Uh, probably has. And then, and then came up with sort of a line about Victoria Beckham, which watchdogs have complained about and said they don't want bad language on television in the daytime. Mm. And he called Victoria Beckham the B-word, which, of course, I mean, she is... A, she might be a lot Beckham. of things. <laughs> well, yeah, Beckham. Yes, yeah, called her Beckham. <laughs> and she might be a lot of things. She might be no talented, not desperately attractive, thin, emaciated, bad hair, bad skin and all the rest of it, but she's not a bitch, OK? You can't say that about somebody. <laughs> it's like the producer might be a lot of things. The one thing she is is not tall, you know, and that's a fact. Just thought I'd chuck that in again, actually, you know. Uh, Susan Boyle has spoken about her battle with depression. She blames it on school bullying. Now, I don't want to sort of belittle this, but every single person I've ever met was bullied at school. I was bullied at school. Were you bullied at school? Yes, I was. Every single person was bullied. At some point, somebody will say something to you. You're too fat. You're too thin. Your hair's awful. You wear glasses. You've got freckles. You know, you can't play sport. Every single person was bullied. So I do not find this an excuse anymore. I'm sorry, every single person. Go into anybody's life, you were all bullied. Weren't you fatties listening at the moment? You were all bullied. Everybody was. And now they sort of make it out like they were the only person. They weren't. But she does have this strange behaviour. When she was on a show in uh, France, she started pulling funny faces halfway through and then started boxing the air when she was singing Wild Horses. Now, I don't know if you've heard Wild Horses, but it's a very slow... And horses, and she starts punching the air like a boxer. As I say, there's been no chance that she ever does a, a concert anywhere at all. But she does have an album that's made um, her company a huge amount of money. For her, not a great deal of money. But there again, she is living the dream, isn't she? Paul the Cabby says, how about Peter Bowles? Been in many shows. Must have a tale to tell. He'd have quite a few tales. He took his clothes off on stage as well. Good Lord. Thank you. Quarter to seven. Katie Radley with the headlines. Thank you. The Chancellor will defend his pre-budget Steve Allen. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, I'm terribly sorry to the person who, uh, who thinks that the Jackson uh, 4 had any talent. Uh, they were just the backing singers for Michael. And all this rubbish, I'm afraid, about musicians, critics, DJs, etc., acknowledging the talent of the brothers is just baloney, I'm afraid. I don't know any DJs who ever went, oh, the Jackson brothers, great talent, never, ever. All Michael Jackson, I'm afraid. All Michael Jackson. Nothing. They, they were just... Put it this way, they were a meal ticket... He, he was their meal ticket for their careers, which the moment he took off, they disappeared. Totally disappeared, I'm afraid. 
Absolutely. Not done anything at all. Well, they had one album, didn't they, as the Jacksons without him that failed miserably. Yes, I, I've... Uh-huh. Yes. I, I, and also, Michael... Bruce Wayne, I've said before, Michael had no time for them whatsoever. Never left them anything in his will, never acknowledged that... Never. Nothing at all. However, parents on a waiting list to buy £20 Harrods Meerkat toys have found that to get them, they have to pay up to £250. Why is that? The reason is that they say the posh London store. Can we drop this stupid... You know, title of a pot. It's just a London department store. Okay? It's an They're all the theme same. Park is it's what a theme it is. park. If you go on the escalator, that's all it is. With, in fact, strangely enough, all dedicated to Mohammed El Fayed, because mm. all the Sphinx faces going up the escalator are Mohammed El Fayed's. Mm. Anyway, they were so inundated with hundreds of thousands of orders for the exclusive dolls based on the TV advert character that the owner, Mohammed, decided to donate all 5,000 to children's charities. So he's given them away, and what a lot of the charities are doing is they're auctioning them off. Well, that's fair enough. Quite clearly, to make money. That's how it works. But that has meant heartache for mums and dads hoping to give them to their own kids. Get over yourselves. One woman here, who comes from Norfolk, says, I'm shocked at the way Harrods has treated us. Really? You're obviously a bit tight, aren't you? Why don't you bid on one of the online sites, give money to a children's charity, and stop thinking that Christmas is giving kids what they want? You just say to them, I'm sorry, Father Christmas has said, uh-uh, you're not having the thing this year. It's a meerkat. It's ridiculous. So it, it's good that they've given them away, and I hope the charities make loads of money out of it. All this rubbish about parents having to pander to seven- and eight-year-olds is just pathetic nowadays. Don't give it to them. When we were little, younger, admittedly, it was quite a long time ago, but, you know, you didn't go, I want this. If you didn't get it, you know, you threw a tantrum. I've heard of parents flying overseas. They go to America to go and buy the present, lest their poor little child has a tantrum on Christmas Day. Just tell them Father Christmas is still making it. It'll arrive in the new year, okay? I know it is. Ooh, it, it is crazy. Ridiculous. And they go, but they'll be so upset. Well, they'll have to be upset. Oh, they get yeah. over it. They're children. They're not going to leave home. If you go on to eBay and just type in meerkat soft toy, you can buy them for five ninety five, and I'm sure they're just as sweet as the Harrods. Yeah. Put it ones. I have I have to be honest, we looked at the Harrods one and it didn't look like the Meerkat. Yeah, I've seen yeah. them in the There's the ones on eBay, they're quite cute. Yeah, they're they're okay, but they're not as good as the ones in the Cotswold Wildlife Park or London Zoo. I think because all these meerkats look a bit overweight. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Meerkats are thin. They are. They're thin and that's why they st- if they were fat, they'd be falling over all over the place. But uh, but they haven't. So we're all gonna worry about the um the budget later, they'll talk about that with Nick Ferrari. Apparently the Queen was not amused at the Royal Variety. Uh, Paddy McGuinness made a string of crude gags. Uh, he says here, he was watched by Prince Philip, used a pointer as a prop and said, I know what you're thinking, I've got a small pointer. This is at the Royal Variety. I have seen this sort of thing before, it's nothing new to me. I've seen people refer to the Royal Family in the box. My girlfriend always tells me that the smallest acorns make the biggest oaks. It's at the Royal Variety in front of the mm. Queen. We know it's Blackpool, Paddy, but don't be so stupid. His gag didn't draw many laughs. And then he made a remark about um, Paul O'Grady. He said, you may be the Queen of our country, we've got our own Queen in the North, Paul O'Grady. I mean, you know, terribly funny, Paddy. Not. Terribly funny. Not. You know, like, oh, yawn, yawn, yawn. Be like putting Bobby Davro on. But anyway, uh, they'll probably have that edited out. A Buckingham Palace spokesman refused to confirm whether the Queen had been offended. Well, how stupid even asking her. She never comments on stuff like that. edit out his whole act. Yes, the whole whole act should be out. 
Uh, a lot of people saying that George Michael may, may pull out of Saturday's X Factor, as pals have warned he's in a bad state. Really? The other day, Again. David Furnish said, people have asked if we can intervene. George Michael said in an interview with The Guardian, why doesn't Elton just mind his own business? Which seems fair enough. You know, mm. I'm sure that George Michael, down to eight joints a day of marijuana, can cope with his life in his own strange state. And I'm pleased that Ronnie Wood has split with his Russian doll. Expect her to be selling the story any day soon. I can just... I predict now they'll be selling the story. It's, you know, woman sleeps with wrinkly old rocker, sell story, ex-wife laughing like a drain. <laughs> got the house, got the money. Paul. Steve, a £60,000 remote-controlled dinosaur robot has gone missing... 60 grand. 60 grand. Christ. From the Walking with Dinosaurs show in Mexico. Mm. It was the first time an exhibit had been stolen from the show, which has toured worldwide and seen by more than 4 million people. Only in Mexico. How it happened, we don't know. We don't even know if uh, whoever stole it knows its value, said Carla Arayo, a spokesman for the show. Walking with Dinosaurs opened in Guadalajara last Friday and staff discovered that one of the smaller robots was missing after the show closed that same day. At around £60,000, the missing five-foot dinosaur is the least expensive robot at the show, you'd be pleased to know, which measure up to 42 feet and cost up to £600,000. <laughs> Despite the robbery... She said the show didn't stop and everything went on as usual. Wow. I'd love something like that. I think that'd be a great thing to have. What, a, a dinosaur in your yeah. garden? Yeah. A remote-controlled dinosaur. A remote-controlled dinosaur. dinosaur. I love that idea. I went to the, uh, to the Ivy for breakfast the other day. Ah! I'm not a member. I know, I know people who are. And incidentally, Jonathan, have a nice holiday and family. And, uh, and you go up in a glass lift. Mm -hmm. It's like going to a gentleman's club. It's very nice, actually. I had scrambled eggs. Very nice, too. With smoked salmon. And we were saying the other day, at one posh. time, smoked salmon, you see, posh. But you go into all the supermarkets, everybody's selling smoked salmon. Mm. It's, now, it's cheap now. It's cheap. Cheap. I do love it. Yesterday, I did have, though, the Marks and Spencers chicken on skewers with a Thai dip. They're, they're coated. They're, it's called crispy chicken. Mm -hmm. It's quite delicious. What you pop be. them in your halogen oven. <laughs> <laughs> Ten minutes later, out they come, and it's a meal in itself. Mm. Which I had with some chips, some crinkle-cut chips. Chips? Chips. Sure, rice. I don't... Um, I, I do like rice. I just didn't fancy it yesterday, I'm afraid. <laughs> which is a shame. Uh, also in pantomime this year, Natasha Hamilton. You remember Natasha Hamilton? She went to the I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out of Here, and quite clearly had never actually been in the real world. She was a bit balmy bonkers. Uh, a bit like the attacker of Thomas the Tank Engine. Oh, yes, I've seen this story. Have you seen it? How ridiculous. Thomas the Tank Engine, according to Professor Shauna uh, Wilton, is sexist, right-wing, and sets a bad example to children. I've never heard anything like it. If only I could say that Steve Allen was exactly the same. <laughs> sexist, right-wing, and sets if a bad only. example to children. If only. Paul, always a pleasure. Pleasure. Thank you very much indeed. And we see you uh, next week. Indeed. You're, you're, you're at home for Christmas. I am. So Paul will be with us over the festive season. I will. Which will be lovely. I'm sorry it's been so cold today. I'll get you gloves. I'm freezing. It is cold, actually. <laughs> do you remember years ago you'd do this, you put your hands together and go... <laughs> like that. Yeah. My hands are all right. It's my legs are so, freezing. I know. I know That's your age, I think. What's going on? All right. We'll go and warm you up outside. Thank you very much indeed for your company. Thank you for your Christmas cards, uh, which will be displayed lovingly on the programme. Oh, yes. Thank you, Noreen. Yes, thank you, Noreen. Thank you, everybody else, and I hope that uh, if you're outside today, you wrap up warm. I reckon White Christmas. Let's put a fiver on it. Nick Ferrari's with you after the news at seven. 
First of all, though, it's the latest business updates with Katie Radley. Thank you. Economists will be analysing the small print.